Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. I want to minister the subject tonight Where is God when everything goes wrong? Where, <laughs> where is God when everything goes wrong? Reading to you from Job chapter 23. I think a lot of you knew that's exactly where he's going to go, the book of Job with a title like that. Job and a few other places, but we'll start at Job 23, verses 8 through 9. Job says, look, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I can't perceive him. When he works on the left, I cannot behold him. And when he turns to the right, I cannot see him. On over to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. And uh, just reading three verses kind of sketchily. It's a nice word from Evangelist Lee Stone King. We'll read sketchily in the Bible. John 11 and verse number 21. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. Down to verse 32. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 37, and some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Matthew chapter number 27, Matthew chapter number 27, verse 46 The word says, And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Where is God when everything goes wrong? I normally preach in a way they taught us in Bible college. They call it expository preaching. And it's where a preacher, a teacher, a disciple maker will take one strong passage and pull everything they can out of that passage. And it's kind of a hard thing to do with this subject because I think this subject, this idea is everywhere throughout the Bible. And it was hard to find just one. Where is God when everything goes wrong? But I've chosen these three to minister the subject and I... I felt in prayer this morning, God said, this isn't going to be the only time you ever preach about this in your life, but it's going to be an idea that you come back to. And through the years, I'm just going to show you more and more things about that. So I don't believe I've ever preached this idea ever, maybe referenced it a few times, but with the help of the Lord, I want to communicate to you what I feel like God has given to me, what I've experienced is, is where is God when everything goes wrong? I think when people ask this question, when they say it to themselves or say it to other people or crying out to the Lord, 
What they're really saying, what they're really wanting is, why isn't God stopping everything that is wrong in my life? Why can't God put a halt to this? Why does it just keep on happening? And I feel like life is spinning out of control. And anybody who's ever asked that, and I feel it in this room tonight, it's people who are saved, people who walk with God, but they, they of course, perceive that God is real. They know God is present. They know he's everywhere. But as it were, they feel like God has forsaken them. They feel like God has abandoned them. And why not? Because we're used to hearing about faith and God can do anything and God can work miracles. And he certainly does, praise the Lord. But I think from time to time in our life, God wants us to go through some things that are wrong. And wants us to have a little bit of a taste of defeat. He truly does. I remember I played baseball when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, those first few years playing, they don't keep score. You know, they got the little ball on, on the tee, and everybody's a winner, and everybody gets a trophy. And when you get into second and third grade, oh, no, they keep scoring. Those coaches really go after you. You know, we got to get that W, boys. You know, I want you on top of it. And uh, I remember losing in baseball and going home and feeling so heartbroken. And uh, I realized after that that once you start growing up that you do get a little taste of defeat. And not everything goes as well as you would like to, even though you practice, even though you prepare. There's just going to be times in life where you win some and you lose some. Amen. I'm glad somebody thinks I'm right. (laughs) Maybe some of you, you're always on the winning team. I don't know. I never excelled in athletics. I don't know why that is, but I just never did. It seemed like I was always on the team that just never quite (laughs) made it. But uh, I hear that nowadays in a lot of sports, there is no scorekeeping. Every kid is a winner, and I'm not so sure that's a good idea because that's not really the way the world is. Somebody uh, sent me a little uh, short video today, and it's, uh, it's not real. It's all acted out. It's dramatized. But this mother is on an airplane with her child right next to her, and she's on the aisle. The, the, the son is in the middle, and at the window seat is this guy who has probably eaten the entire flight and played loud music in his headphones, impossible to to nap next to, and probably just very obnoxious. You know the type type you've been on on a flight before. And this mother leans over, and they're about to to start uh, descending to land, and she says, Sir, would you please switch places with my son? He loves to see the plane land. He loves to look out the window. It helps him with his anxiety. It helps him with his stress. Would you please switch places? A normal man would say, absolutely, guy, come on over here. How old are you? Have a good time. But this guy who's eating peanuts, crunching really loudly, drinking a soda, he says, even if I wanted to, I wouldn't, because your son needs to know what the real world is like and that you don't get everything you want. (laughs) And (laughs) it's funny watching that, but in all reality, I'm thinking, that is so sad. That's just a simple request, but... From a young age, all of us learn that, yeah, you don't get it exactly the way you want it. Think about this right now. What if God gave you everything that you wanted? What would it do to you? Have you ever met a spoiled child that got everything they wanted? They usually grow up and they can't hold a job. They can't keep a family together. They give no thought or feeling to how other people feel. And sadly, the tragedy of it all is they don't care what God thinks or his word thinks. 
And I think God naturally is doing the same thing for us. And that is one of the major reasons why you feel like where is God when everything is going wrong. He is ultimately, as it were, trying to let you learn to swim in the deep end. He's trying to, as it were, take his hands off the steering wheel and let you drive all on your own. Evangelist Eli Hernandez, I miss him so much, he passed away in the year 2020. He tells a story when he was about 17, 18 years old, first learning to preach, and he was working the altars in his home church. And he said he looked up and his dad was just sitting there on the platform and didn't even move. And he thought, why is dad not coming down here and helping me pray for people? He's praying for all kinds of things. And he gets down at the end of the altar and there was somebody who needed deliverance from an unclean spirit. And he had to cast out that unclean spirit all on his own, first time ever. And he, afterwards he turned around and he said, dad, why didn't you come down and help me? The people needed you to pray And he said, oh, son, I was just letting you learn all on your own. And uh, there's something to that. There's something to that. And God is expecting us to do it all on our own at times. I wish I had every answer to answer this question. I've only got a few here. I think it's different for everybody. Where is God when everything goes wrong? Number one, he's there. He's just letting you learn. Number two, I think the answer is, He's in the same place when everything is going right. When things are going right, he's there. When things are going wrong, he's there. But it seems like everybody wants to ask this question when everything is going wrong. Where is God? Why weren't we asking him that when everything was good? (laughs) Why weren't we worried about him being present when everything is good? No matter when things are good or when things are bad, God is good all the time. The Bible says the sun shines on the just and the unjust. It rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. Everybody experiences good. Everybody experiences bad. And if the sun can stay consistent, you can stay consistent. And if the rain can be consistent, you can stay consistent. Can you say amen? I found a lot of Christians that appear to always have a good life, always blessed, always walking with God. And understand this, our bishop has preached, if you're in a problem, be ready, be expecting it. You are going to come out of that problem, but another problem is coming. When you get out of that one, another problem is there. And all of us, none of us have a perfect life. None of us have had a perfect day. I didn't wake up on time this morning. Okay, (laughs) I actually, I'm not used to the construction yet and took a wrong turn. I haven't had a perfect day, but I'm here, praise God, serving a perfect Lord. (laughs) Amen. But if you look back over your day, I don't care how productive you were, there are still some minute things that you could be critical about in your day that was not perfect. But I've just learned that the people that live the most blessed, the most life with the most stress that is easy to manage... They just simply know how to praise the Lord when things are good. And God honors their faithfulness during the good times. And it's as it were God says to them, if you will learn to serve me in the good times and always come to me with the attitude, this was not my might, this was not my power, but this was all the Lord's doing. As it were, he likes to get the credit for that, so he keeps on putting the good things on your life. 
He wants to hear you testify about it. He wants to hear you proclaim it on how good the Lord is. But from time to time, he will test you. Can you serve me and proclaim how good I am even during the bad times? Yeah. I've seen it happen in my life. I'm almost 40 years old. I've seen people who have wandered away from God. Maybe they grew up in church and decided it wasn't for them when they were 17 and 18, got back out in the world and Things are going good for a little bit, but after about 10 or 12 years, the marriage is in trouble. The kids are on drugs, lost job, lost house, lost this. And they know where to run when things are going bad, the apostolic church. And you should come back to the apostolic church when everything is going bad. Praise the Lord. But I've seen it happen. They get their life back together. The marriage is restored. The business starts running again. The kids start doing better in school. Life starts going well, and all of a sudden, hey, my life is back together. I don't need church anymore. Understand this. The Life Church is a great place to get your life together. I mean, we have got phenomenal ministries on here to help you with your addictions, with your hurts, your habits, your hang-ups. Your marriage will get restored here in this church. Your job will become better in this church. The family will be reunited. You'll have peace in your life. Amen. God will help you start sleeping better at night, give you energy throughout the day. He'll do those things. Jesus said, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lost his own soul? It's also like saying, what would it profit a man if you got your life back together but then lost your soul? This church is not just all about getting your life together, but about being ready for the coming of the Lord, praise God. And I've just learned a lot of times when everything is going wrong for the apostolic, it's God's way of saying, I'm helping you to get a little taste of what hell could possibly be like for all eternity. And he uses those dark times to keep you pointing back to the cross, pointing back, amen, to the rapture of the church, pointing back to eternal life with him in heaven. And I say, if it helps me pray, if it helps me get on my knees, if it helps me serve the Lord, I say, Lord, bring it on. Amen. Because life is too short to not be ready for the coming of the Lord. Praise God. And sometimes God just takes a step back when things are going wrong just to make you pray a little bit longer. Just to serve him a little bit longer. Praise God. It's working out for your good. It's working out for your good. Where is God when everything goes wrong? I think another answer to that is he's right where he said he would be. He's been there all along where he said he would be. Him and the disciples got in the boat one time after ministering on the east side of the Sea of Galilee in the pagan cities. And he said, sail on, we're getting to the other side. The Bible says that Jesus went down into the bottom of the boat, lay down, and fell asleep. And then it says a great storm came, called it a tempest, a terrible storm, a storm that even professional fishermen could not sail in. And they came to the Lord and said, we are about to die in this storm. And Jesus got up and rebuked the storm. And when the storm stopped, he turned around and he rebuked their unbelief and their lack of faith. I've read that and been puzzled over that. You know, they called upon Jesus. They didn't call upon an idol or a false god. They called upon Jesus. 
But the Lord was upset with them because he said, we're going to get to the other side. Sail on, we're going to get to the other side. And he was saying to them, if I said we're going to get to the other side, no storm is going to stop us. You could have made it through that storm. You could have survived it. You could have done it. But because you had fear, that is why he rebuked them. It's just like in another moment. They're in the ship. A big storm comes. It says Jesus started walking on the water. He was up praying in the mountain. He started walking on the water. And it says he would have just passed on by him. But they cried out thinking that he was a ghost. Superstitious. Thought maybe he was the soul of maybe a fisherman that drowned years before that or something. And it was only Peter that had enough sense to say, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out on this water with you. Because he knew the devil couldn't do it. An evil spirit couldn't do it. But only Jesus could make that happen. And he said, it is I, your Lord, your master, come on out. And he got on the water started walking and thought this was great, but he looked at how powerful the wind was, and he started to sink. And the Lord rebuked him for his unbelief because he thought the wind was greater than God. He thought the waves were greater than the Lord Jesus Christ. In just a moment there, he focused on everything that was wrong, and he forgot about the God that was right in front of him. If God said he's there, he'll always be there. If God said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, he's always there. I don't care how powerful the wind is in this life, how high those waves are. If you will keep your eyes on Jesus, you can go where he goes. You can be where he is. Praise God. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's where he said he would be. Praise the Lord. Where is God when everything goes wrong? I don't think he's far. He's probably on his way. There was a man who had a sick daughter, and he didn't want to leave her side. And he commanded some of his servants, some of the people in the neighborhood, to go and find the Lord and bring him there to his daughter. The Bible says that Jesus was on his way. He had so much compassion on a sick child. It says that while he was walking, a woman with a disease came up and touched just the border of his garments, and she was made whole. And he knew virtue had gone out of his body. He turned around and said, who had touched my clothes? What had happened there was a fulfillment of prophecy. Prophets said that Messiah would arise with healing in his wings. Back then, the Hebrew men wore these garments that hung over their shoulders and their arms. It was their prayer covering. And whenever they would lift their hands to talk, it looked like wings whenever they would talk. The prophet said, whoever's Messiah, he will have healing in those garments. And that woman got down and said, if he is Messiah and if the word of God is true, I'm going to push my way through this crowd and get a hold of the hymn of Messiah. And when she did, that's when the Lord knew, somebody believes that I'm Messiah. Somebody believes in the word that was written and she was made whole. Praise God. But then some of the people arrived and they heard and they said, don't trouble the master. She's already dead. Don't trouble him. He doesn't need to come. What has happened has already happened. 
But somebody had enough faith to call upon the Lord. And can I tell you this? Between the time you call upon him to when the miracle it is, uh, happens, it doesn't matter who lives or dies. If God is on his way, everything's going to be all right. He's on his way. He's on his way. When you call out to him, sometimes it doesn't happen immediately. He doesn't want you to think you have that great of command to command the presence of God. But if he's on his way, just wait. What does the Bible say? They who wait upon the Lord. It doesn't say they who snap their fingers and demand it immediately. God is not our butler. He is not our maid. If anything, we serve him. We wait on him. If he snaps his finger, we stand up and say, yes, sir, whatever you want. Praise the Lord. But if you call out to him, the Bible says he will come near to those of a humble and contrite heart. Praise the Lord. He is near the brokenhearted. Never come to the Lord expecting him to show up whenever you want him. But if you really want to get the attention of God, get in the lowest place that you can. Cry out to him in humility, in reverence, with prayer, in fasting, and supplications. And God will show up quicker than you can snap your fingers, praise the Lord. He's on his way when things are going wrong. He takes no pleasure in the suffering and the hardships of his people. But I believe that when we cry, God sheds a tear. When we hurt, God hurts. He's been touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But at the right moment, at the right time, not last minute, not delayed, but he comes right when we need him. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Where is God when everything goes wrong? I think another one that I have learned on my own is it's the wrong question. The real question is, where are you? Where are you? I remember asking God this question one time at a low moment in my life. God, where are you? And he responded in the audible ears of my mind, Justin, where are you? I haven't moved, but you have moved. If you're asking that, maybe you need to ask yourself that question. Where am I? Have I distanced myself? Maybe it's not God with the problem. Maybe I'm the one with the problem. And all over the Bible, that's usually where God takes the conversation. You know, Job is saying a lot of good things. The Lord gives, he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, God moved in front of me, I couldn't see him. He moved behind me, I couldn't see him. He moved to the left, he moved to the right, I couldn't see him. And he says, I'm going to keep on serving the Lord because when I have been tried, I'm going to come forth as gold. He understood no matter what, I'll keep on praying, I'll keep on sacrificing. But all of his friends spoke things that the Lord called the darkening of wisdom. And at the end of that conversation, after Job wondering, what is wrong with me? Where has God been all of this time? God stands up and you know what he says? Where were you when I laid the foundation of this earth? Where were you when I made the sun, the moon, the stars, the angels? Where were you? It's like God is saying, you're wondering where I have been? <laughs> if I was there at the foundations of the earth in the beginning of this, all of this, don't you think I'm still here during all of your suffering? 
Don't you know I knew this was going to happen before all of this? Don't you know it was Lucifer himself who appeared to me and asked permission of this? And I gave permission this? I haven't moved. It's you, perhaps, that have been swayed and moved. <coughs> and God is calling out to us if you feel distant from him. Maybe it's not God who takes, needs to take a step. He already did on the cross, but rather it is us who needs to take a step towards him. Praise God. God called out to Adam, where are you, Adam? Where are you? So whether you feel lost because of sin and bad choices or you simply just lost your way, God wants to know, where are you? Amen. If the musicians would please come. Amen. Can we just raise our hands to the Lord right now? I feel like God is ministering to somebody Right now, even before the altar call, praise God. Jesus, amen. Lord, you're answering somebody's question right now here tonight. They've been wanting to know where you are, and you're answering the question tonight for them. Praise God. Amen. Can we all stand together? Praise the Lord. Where is God when everything goes wrong? I found, lastly, a lot of times, he's waiting until all is fulfilled to take action. Amen. Where is God when everything goes wrong? Sometimes it's by design to draw us closer to him. Sometimes that's the wrong question. He's in the same place even when everything is going right. He's where he said he would be. He's on his way. Sometimes he wants to know where you are. But then oftentimes he is waiting until all is fulfilled to take action. You read the story of Job. God doesn't move in the beginning of the trouble. He doesn't move at the middle. He waits until the very end. And after explaining everything to Job, God blesses him with twice as much as he had before. You look at Job's life, it was horrible, it was awful. He was a praying man, a God-fearing man, sacrificed for himself and his children and lost it all in a spiritual battle. But he kept his integrity, didn't curse God, loved the Lord no matter what. And even though he lost much, at the end of it all, he was blessed with twice as much. You look at the story of Lazarus, Jesus knows he's going to die. He knows it's coming to the end, but he sees an opportunity a week before his death to prove to his closest followers that he's the resurrection and the life. They'd already seen him raise the dead. They'd already seen him do amazing things. And when he shows up there, Lazarus' body had been cold in the grave for four days. His sisters come up to him and said, if you'd only had been here, where were you? Everything was going wrong. He was sick. You've been praying for everybody else throughout the land. If you would have been here, this would not have happened. And even people in the village said he opened the eyes of the blind. He did all of these great things for all these other people. If he would have been here, Lazarus would still be alive. Being questioned like this, Jesus doesn't put his hand on anybody's shoulder and say, there, there, I know you're going through a hard time and you're just emotional. And uh, it's okay, it's going to be okay. Oh, no. 
when the Lord heard, if you would have been here, it would have been okay. You've done this and this and this, but you didn't do it for us. What does Jesus do? He weeps. He sobs. He wasn't sobbing because he missed Lazarus. He was sobbing because of the lack of faith. Sobbing there and groaning in his spirit because they were saying the wrong things. You know what they should have said? The Lord is here. It doesn't matter if he has been dead four days, 40 days, 400 days. Jesus is here. Anything can happen. Praise God. And that's the attitude that we need to have in 2022. With pestilence happening, with war happening, with predicted famine, market crashes, things like that happening, it's not up to us to ask God, where are you? But rather us saying, it doesn't matter how bad it gets. If God shows up, it doesn't matter what has died or what has crumbled or whatever. God can give us twice as much as we had before. <laughs> Woo! Jesus is there on the cross. As a man, he was obedient to God. As a man, he was submitted to where he came from, heaven the Father. But it was God that day dying on the cross, rest assured that. But he was fully God, fully man. He was God manifested in the flesh, and he's praying Psalm 22. And a part of that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I don't have time to get into the theological aspects of the Godhead portion of that. But you know what I really think is going on? He's going through what Job went through. He's going through what other people in the Old Testament went through when they lost everything and were at the very end. But God comes there right in the nick of time and raises them up and gives them even greater. After he suffered, after he bled, after he died, after he was buried and put in that tomb, he comes out of there King of kings and Lord of lords and glorified into the heavens. Even Jesus showed us himself as a witness and testimony. He knows what it feels like. The perception that Job had, I can't see God in front of me. I can't see God behind me. I can't see him from side to side. He knew what he felt like, what it felt like to be forsaken of the Lord. Jesus went through it. He knows how you feel. But through the end of it all, that journey, he came out greater and stronger. I've come to tell you, your sufferings, the thing that have been going wrong in your life, you're going to come through it and you're going to come out greater. You will come out greater. God's right here. He's always been right here. And if you will trust him, he'll bring you through it. If you trust him, you'll come out of it greater. If you trust him, he'll give you a great testimony. He's going to give you a great story and a great victory. If anybody here is wondering where God has been through the things you've been going through, I invite you to join us right now here at this altar and just pour out your heart humbly before him and say, God, I've been blank. I've been confused. I haven't known, Lord God, where you've been. I know where all the trouble is. I can tell you all my problems. I've got a list of them right here on my phone. I've got a list of them here in my journal, but I've been wondering where you are. I can't see you. I can't feel you. I'm wondering where you are. Maybe, Lord, I need to get closer to you, Lord. Maybe it's for a greater purpose. 
Maybe, Lord, you are already on your way, and I just need to wait till you arrive. Hallelujah. Maybe, Lord, you're waiting for all to be fulfilled before you take action in my life, like Job, Lord, like Lazarus, like you on the cross. It doesn't matter. If I've got to suffer, I'll suffer because you suffered for me. If I've got to be lonely, I'll be lonely because you were lonely for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If it's a specialized answer, may the Lord speak a word in your ear. Where he is, why everything is going wrong in your life. Hallelujah. Father, I pray, amen. Amen, Lord. Maybe it's somebody's night to feel the presence of the Lord that they haven't felt in a long time. Maybe tonight's tonight. Maybe, Lord, you'll give them a little heads up, a little clarity that just for a little moment longer they'll feel like you've forsaken them for your will and for your purpose. Oh, Lord, I pray, Lord, God, for just answers tonight to come. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Cry out to him. Cry out to him. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.